Hello, Ooh. Craig. Hello, Craig. What's up, Craig? Thanks <laughs> for being with us. Um, welcome to Roundup um, on the 13th of December, 2023. If everything goes well, this recording will end up on the Broom Radio podcast. And I think it will be the first container of Roundup, which is recorded and uploaded to the podcast. So by way of introduction, I'll say that Roundup is a container that we hold every Mercury day or Wednesday at around 5 p.m. Sofia time. And then I believe that's 10 a.m. New York time, 9 a.m. Louisiana time, and then something horrendously early Pacific time. And it's a container that we hold in order to talk about things which have been happening in this Discord server that we call The Broom, uh, where most of our conversations about the ones that happen in live containers take place asynchronously and in voices. And I feel like it's sort of like a town hall container where people can come through. The sun just went down here. People can come through and raise issues that they've been experiencing in the broom or give us shade to some issues or some topics of discussion that have been happening inside the broom. And we can also just sort of like open quote, round up, close quote, some of the conversations that have been happening in a synchronous fashion um, and hold space for the magic that happens when we share space and time. So. Today is about, I want to say, like a day or so after the new moon went exact. And um, funnily enough, I started this recording at 5 or 5 and 50 seconds. Um, But yeah, I'd love to hear from y'all how the new moon is treating you um, or how you feel the new moon is treating the collective. And I know I know Hoda talked a little bit about the new moon in the field tuning container, um, but I feel like possibly it's okay to tread that ground anew. But <laughs> it says yes, and there's a honey emoji. Hmm. Hi everyone. So, uh, hey, this new moon has me so tired, you guys. <laughs> me too. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I think I said I meditated for like eight hours today, more or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I smashed the pizza. <laughs> That pizza looked good too. It was very good. Very <laughs> I saw that it had, had pineapples, pineapples on it. <laughs> <laughs> Raise your hand if you're pineapple pizza gang. <laughs> I I feel like there's a time and a place for pineapple. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> kind of thinking about pineapple on pizza in the context of like dogma. You know, like, I feel like there are people who consider themselves to be serious 
pizza aficionado. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. what I was just thinking of. <laughs> the pineapple on pizza is sacrilege. Um, right. Like you're either one or the other. Right. And I was kind of thinking about like how many people probably like do death work when it comes to spiritual practice, but won't, you know, countenance the presence of pineapple on pizza. Sure, I'm sure there's an overlap between people who consider themselves to be earnest spiritual practitioners who still feel called to announce to the world that pineapple should not be on pizza. Yeah. And it just it kind of struck me as, as one of the more delicious of ironies. <laughs> like, why? Why are you going to be so concerned about how other people dress their pizza? Right. No pineapple on pizza ever for anyone. Exactly. Not talking about the Levant. Anybody ever. (laughs) 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 Do you feel like you're like transmuting collective karma? Is that why you might be feeling a little tired? Yes. That is exactly why I feel (laughs) What kind of karma, like, broadly speaking? Because I feel like there's a shit ton of stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Because I'm like... I just want to the karma. (laughs) 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 And the fact that half those people probably don't even know how delicious that, like, a roasted pineapple is. But that is... I've never had roasted pineapple. Well, like, when you put it on pizza, especially if there's, like, cheese on there, there's probably going to be some, like, um, caramelization going on. And, like, a little bit of, I want to say, like, crustiness, which is pretty good. Can I, can I admit something? Sure. No. I've never had pineapple <laughs> on pizza. Wow. The irony. The talking. Talking about that shadow, shadow, shadow work. That's my confession of the day. You gotta try it while well regulated and well resourced. <laughs> yes. Lest I invoke all the egregores. Yeah, make sure you, you might want to light a, a white candle and perhaps Palo <laughs> Santo to keep away those anti pineapple on pizza demons. <laughs> Anyways, what were you saying? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot. Oh, yeah, we were talking about collective karma. I mean, this is definitely part of it. <laughs> but um, I feel like one of the things that I've been transmuting is just how sloppy organizations and institutions are and how, how sloppy they are. They get so much funding and so Oof. many people to get to work for them and it's been exhausting because it it like it drains me it just it just drains me <laughs> like, that's, that's so interesting <laughs> that you said that Hoda because I was talking about that with my dad last night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how is this coming up for y'all I'd say directly through like I've been substituting part-time at some local charter schools 
in mm. and it's pretty direct um like just how i'm experiencing the level of disorganization mm-hmm. and like just mm. no like, little things like how for example yesterday i was tasked to work um in one of the classrooms but then was pulled to another classroom then i was texted an assignment to go to another classroom but then mm. the, the number of the classroom that was given to me by the team lead didn't even exist. Oh my and god. What is this? Harry Potter? Yeah, and like platform nine, nine and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this is so strange. Like it was wow. so odd. And it was like, I mean, I have I have no shade to the to the team lead because after a while spending time at school yesterday, I was there for like eight hours. So like um after a couple hours, I realized that it's like the system of the school, like the system of the charter system in New Orleans that's so broken. Um, and I'm sure other in the nation. So I just was like, I just was like face palming the entire day yesterday and like really, really trying hard to, to be patient. But yeah, yeah, I felt like I was like in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's. That's exactly the kind of thing that I feel like burns people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like also something that's kind of coming through for me is just like, and I feel like this might be collective as well, is just like how, um, you know, like when people have like communication methods. Sorry, my cats are chewing each other. Um, when people have like ad- advanced communication methods, it, they sort of like, instead of augmenting our abilities to communicate and allowing us to communicate more effectively, somehow they end up helping us to accumul- communicate less effectively. Um. Like cell phones and messenger apps and ways to get in touch with each other, but it's not changing the way that, um, like information that's to be communicated ends up becoming through different network communication people have. I feel like you're breaking up a little bit for me. Yeah, your audio is. Yeah, hang on one second, I'll just... No worries. Yeah. Um, no, but do you feel like this relates to what you said in the Levant channel the other day? Um, well, which one of the things... What did I say in the Levant channel? <laughs> <laughs> there, I'll read it to you because there's probably many things that you've said. But <laughs> Okay, please feel free to read my words. Yeah, you said, I feel like... <laughs> Tension tends to cause collapse of channels that are core to meaning making and a constriction and harmonious co-vibration. Um, Yeah, that that aligns. I mean, I feel like, you know, most of these communication methods are kind of urgency coded, right? So, like, people tend to get on their phones in order to like use these communication methods and then their phones are kind of, it's like opening Pandora's box of like all the shit that they haven't gotten to. Right. Like messages that they receive from friends and family that Mm -hmm. they want to respond to, or like, 
you know, ancestral trauma in the family. What's up? Uh, what's up, Tiff? What's up, Keeper of the Hall? Um, yeah. <laughs> what's up, Neville Longbottom? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then I feel like, you know, what, like there's like walkie talkies. And I feel like walkie-talkies are kind of like, you know, emergency responder coded or like military coded. Um, so I can imagine that like tension causes people's like, you know, like neural microtubules to collapse and then causes them to communicate in sort of like knee-jerk or reactionary ways. Mm-hmm. And then therefore leads to like disruptions in communication for sure. Um, Hmm. Does this connect to anything y'all feel like is showing up in the collective during this new moon? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I know that, well, I've been told or I've read that people are saying that Mercury is like stationing direct right now. Yeah, Julie just said that in the chat. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, oh, yes. Oh, so Mercury's going retrograde, it's about to go retrograde? Okay, great. Um, um, so I feel like that's probably why the new moon is, like, kind of... Spicy? Yeah, I want to say, like, emphasizing that switch, and yeah. probably, like, maybe why some of these things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how else... How else are y'all feeling the new moon of the last couple of days? For me, the new moon tends to last like three, four-ish days, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, does anybody want to talk about things that have been coming up before we dive into what passes as an agenda? Okay. Okay. Well, I think I want to say one more thing about the new moon. Yeah, I guess I'll... I feel like I've said this in a number of places, and, like, a lot of y'all have sort of, like, done time with the lineage known as the wearers of lapis lazuli or the walkers of blue stone or the lineage that we're reforming in a, in a lineage space that is currently called Born Days, but we're working on renaming. Um. But, you know, like most of the law, I would say, of this lineage that we have been exposed to is via a Twitter account, which is called at K Nefahatep. Um, and one of the things that he used to talk about, which still feels pretty true to me, as true as anything in our logos, is, is that, um, you know, the new moon is a time for purification. Um, you know, like my metaphysical explanation of this is that when the sun is not giving light to the moon, then the unresolved ancestral karma, which exists in the lunar plane, is less available to us. So it could be said that ancestral demons or thought form complexes, which are attached to unresolved ancestral energies, are um, less active, which gives us the opportunity, I feel like, to examine our spiritual energy without 
the disorganization that comes from ancestral demons. Um, mm. So, you know, I feel like that's going to show up for everybody differently, but of course, I would say that it ends up, uh, you know, like dancing to the music of the spheres in a sense. So, you know, I think like, hmm, like material around like communicating with our earth ancestors who are like, you know, usually closest at hand are our family members, but also people who share genetic and epigenetic material with us um tends to be more alive um and then i would say yeah i think the new moon takes place in tropical sagittarius so um yeah i guess like that's kind of coming through as like karma around imparting wisdom and seeking truth mm. which is more available or like easier to discern as being karmic and Okay, pineapple on pizza. And yeah, pineapple on pizza, very much. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, I would say uh, highly contested personal truths. It's a source mm -hmm. of highly contested personal truth. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, I would say that, you know, people who are tuned into particularly the common astral plane, but also the common etheric and um the common vibrational planes are probably doing a lot of work to help other people transmute their ancestral karma or you could say the karma that exists in their bodies which uh is more discernible in the absence of ancestral demons um julie says uh i'm being reminded of the post that i you i think in the put somewhere in here regarding water molecules and water turning to ice rings bell. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, you know, definitely easier to transport ice than water. Um, it's easier to punch and strike ice than water. Ah, uh, yes, Julie says the way the molecules slow down and stabilize. Oh, that's a beautiful metaphor. Easier to slash. <laughs> Anna says the pond is freezing. I was Girl. telling you earlier that the pond is beginning to freeze. Nice. That seems auspicious to me. Um. So yeah, happy karmic releases, y'all. Happy new moon in tropical Sagittarius. Um. I'm going to well, y'all like. Parlay. I'm gonna look at the sky and see where the new moon is, or where I have it, with regard to like fixed stars. Mm -hmm. Does anyone know? Off, off it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's a, uh, well, right now it's conjunct the Lagoon Nebula. And the then, Lagoon uh, Nebula? Yeah, and I would say when it was, you know, exactly near the sun right now is uh, conjunct uh, Theta Ophiochus and 
gamma, I believe. I don't read Greek very well, but um, <laughs> yeah, so kind of a controversial constellation. Um, you know, some people say that uh, it's uh, kind of like the 13th side of the zodiac, which is very disruptive to extant astrology practice, but it's sort of known as um, a serpent. And so. Thank you for making that connection about the 13th sign of the zodiac. I've heard people argue about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it could be a bridge towards, like, you know, thinking about astrology um, more with regard to, like, what's in the sky versus, like, the zodiac. But I feel like it kind of, like, ends up causing awareness to consolidate around what the zodiac is and isn't yeah that's just being like hey like you know what does it mean from like say an acoustic perspective if two things are in line versus like being apart right or like if you're facing somebody at a table versus sitting behind them what does that do to your relationship and how you vibrate with one another mm. is Kind of like the cleanest way for me to think about like star beings and planetary beings and stuff like that. And somebody also says, Julie says, it's smack in the middle of Sun and Mercury. Uh, the moon, that is, I guess. <clears throat> Which is um, also pretty interesting for me, given what's been showing up in my awareness. I can't really put my finger on it yet. But yeah, I would say I've been working a lot with, um, you know, like somebody, I think it was uh, Damon said that uh, in late Atlantis, Egyptian comedic lore, there was a lot of confusion between moon and Mercury deities, which makes sense because they both move very quickly, pretty closely to the sun. Um, and, uh, well, they often interact with the sun, let's say. And, uh, yeah, I'd say, like, you know, deities like Tehuti or Perth often show up as sort of mercurial and lunar. And I felt like a lot of the stuff that's been coming through for me in the last sort of, like, 36 to 48 hours relates to discerning between um, mercurial and lunar energies. And then, yeah, I guess the last thing I want to say about it, which is not to say that y'all should not say anything more about it, is that, um, um, yeah, I think it was Julie who pasted a link to Twitter where somebody was talking about the different nature of, like, mercurial and um, lunar memory, where... Um, you could say like mercurial memory shows up in the in the form of like symbols and lunar memory shows up in the form of like embodied memories or episodes um and yeah and i'm sure some of y'all have like pretty interesting aspects between the moon and mercury and i'm very curious if you feel like y'all have felt anything 
with your regard to the interaction between thought and memory or episodal memory and symbolic memory um i'll say finally that i'm reminded of odin's ravens as thought and memory separately and how um yeah i'd say like the thought raven perhaps represents mercury and the memory raven perhaps represents the moon and now i'll shut up <laughs> Apparently, my drivel has been useful for some people based on the chat. Oh, yeah. Other well, says it was her that shared the tweet. I'm sorry. Or the thread, or whatever. Other well, says my moon and Mercury placements are the same as my nodes. Fancy that. <laughs> Yeah, I know people who have moon, moon and Mercury conjunct, which feels like a lot to me. Um, and yeah, my, it's funny, my Moon and my Mercury are just out of conjunction. But they both, um, they're both pretty much like conjunct, fixed stars in Virgo, like Speaker and Parima. Which I think makes a sense for me because I talk so much. I told you, I don't know if I told y'all actually, but I found out that my father's mother's maiden name, her patronym, is um, Chia, which means like shooting words. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Why does that feel so aligned? <laughs> So I've been resolving karma around that. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> so y'all ready to get into the pins? What do we want to talk about first? I mean, you know, like quickly I can say that well, I guess I'll talk a little bit about the architecture of uh, lineage spaces or ways in the broom. Woof, mm. um, big topic, very complex topic. Woof, um, well, now I want to talk about safety as well. What am I going to talk about first? Help me, help. <laughs> <laughs> what is a way anyway? Oh, okay. Well, I think like it's funny. If you look at the etymology of like Tao as in Taoism, it basically traces back to um, like a way, right? Versus like, say, like a single doctrine or set of dogma, dogmata, dogma. Um, I'm not sure what the plural is. Um, you know, uh, funnily enough, my mother's patronym is Ho, and um, it's also considered synonymous with Tao, but literally means river, which makes sense because for a long time people traversed the East Asian, you could say like subcontinent, using like these these great rivers that um, 
yeah, traverse that part of the continent. Um, but, you know, we have a Sharia way in the broom now, as of a few weeks ago. And Sharia etymology also traces back to the word way or path or road, even though in common time it tends to be known as um, a law or a set of laws which bring, um, we could say, like civil affairs into alignment with interpretations of the word of God as channeled by Muhammad via the Archangel Jibril, right? Maybe that's like slightly contested. Um, but, you know, I think the last kind of uh, institutional religious reference I want to bring in for now, and y'all can feel free to bring in others, but I'll say that like, the people who were labeled as the Ascends by ancient Greeks, um, you know, a, a lot of people say that they probably refer to themselves as Qumrani people, because they're from Qumran. I think I'm pronouncing that roughly correctly. Um, but, you know, they count amongst their ranks people like Mary of the Magdala. And um, I think Jesus is sort of considered sort of like a, a converted Essen or Qumrani, I believe. Um, and the way that they tend to refer themselves to themselves in the scripture is as is as uh, the keepers of the way or the walkers of the way. So I feel like those are all some like very interesting references. I feel like it's very interesting that they are all foundational to um, exoteric religions, which most people in some way follow or are subject to the doctrine and dogma of. But they all started out not as, let's say, like um, fixed and concrete rulings or rules, but as journeys or as, um, I want to say, containers for each and every person to explore and unfurl their own dharma. And um, does anybody have any questions or additions to make to what I'm driveling about right now? The ways I'm making with my words? <laughs> Look at the chat again. I'm all over Discord right now. All over it. <laughs> uh, Anna says, my audio sounds like I'm itching. I think, yeah, my latency was bouncing up and down for a little while. Um, <laughs> well, this is aligned to something that I said along the way. But, you know, bringing it back to, like, safety and um, the broom, I guess I would say that uh, you know, the broom was originally called the breathing room, and it started from a group chat on Twitter, which was started by somebody named Tal Mott, who, um, yeah, basically wanted to create a container for people who were talking about spiritual affairs or, you know, spiritual adjacent affairs on Twitter at the time. I want to say this is about two and a half years ago. Um, he wants to create a container for those people to discuss off of the public timelines the things that were showing up for them spiritually. And then 
that got pretty big and it got pretty rowdy so we turned it into a discord server and then a lot of stuff happened and then it became the broom but i feel like syncretis syncret i don't want to say syncretism because you all know how much i dislike isms and ideologies but i would say like the process of uh syncreting which etymologically refers to the coming together of peoples on an island called Crete, just like concrete does. But mm. uh, syncreting across different lineages is always being core to, I would say, like the spiritual agenda of the breathing room slash, slash the broom. And in that sense, I feel like the architecture of what we call lineage spaces or ways is to make it very difficult for any specific lineage to become hegemonic in this container and to make it very simple for many lineage spaces to make offerings to many beings inside and outside of time and also make it simple for us to hold space for um yeah i wouldn't say like reforming wisdom codes for extant earth lineages as well as like wisdom codes pertaining to new lineages in the broom and on earth. And does anyone have anything to add on that? <laughs> I guess I'm just going. I'm just shooting. No, it all feels aligned for me. Yeah, I keep shooting them. <laughs> so if you join the broom, which is a Discord server with a URL, which stands for Universal Resource Locator, that starts with <laughs> HTTPS colon slash slash discord.gg slash blah, 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 blah. Then you will end up in a channel called The Broom. Um, and, you know, if you're lucky, some of the gutters and tenders or even other people in The Broom or people who are still not in The Broom may say hello. And then you will likely be referred to a channel called pound ways dash cyclone emoji which is where we describe the various lineage spaces that we have in the broom and then you know through either conversation or answering an automatic questionnaire that we send to people who've joined the broom you can provide information about why you joined the broom where you are in your spiritual practice what you feel like you can contribute to and learn from space such as the broom and then it's likely that gardeners and tenders will invite you to apply for roles um that will grant you access to different categories in the broom where we discuss and hold space for these lineages to bloom and also any time you wish, you can go into any of the channels in the category called Ways and just ask about any of the lineage spaces which are represented by channels in that category. And um, I'll say that, yeah, like, you know, even though it's considered to be like pretty foolhardy for me to be situating my lineage in a discord server which is democratically controlled which i think you know i won't speak to too much now but i'll say that the broom is like a democracy or a cooperative 
with uh, democratic processes. Um, you know, like a lot of practitioners would be like, I want to own the space. I want to own the property in which my lineage space appears. Because, you know, right now, anybody who has the role at the broom could probably start a vote to be like, I would like to disseminate the zero, zero, zero lineage space, and I would have to disband my lineage space, and everything that's in there would be lost to time. Um, but I feel like it's a stake for me. I feel like it's a it's something that guarantees that I show up um, in as the most integrated self that I can show up as. Um, I feel like it guarantees that I am honest and held accountable, and I feel like it guarantees that the role that I play in the governing of the broom um, is for the benefit of all beings in the broom. And then I'll also say that um, those who have self-nominated or been nominated to become tenders and gardeners and then taken on that role are also trusted to use their integrity and their discernment to decide who has the privilege of participating in the democratic process. <clears throat> and, you know, zero, zero, zero is the lineage space that I hold, which relates, you know, TLDR relates to exorcism. Um, but we also have the Iyaga way, um, the Sharia way. We have lineage spaces dedicated to gardening in the broom and outside the broom and tending in the broom and outside the broom. Um, we have a lineage space called World where we can talk about what's happening in the waking dream on Earth. Uh, as said before, we have a lineage space called Born Days, which relates to reforming what I'll call like a astrological Earth lineage called the Walks of Bluestone, or Wearers of Lapis Lazuli. And we also have, I'm <laughs> just going down the list, we also have a lineage space called Culture, which is, um, you could almost sort of liken to like the Lincoln Center in New York, or um, Fondazione Prada in Milano, or, you know, just like a collection of galleries and libraries where we hold space for lineages that don't come from people keeping them inside the broom. And then um, as of today, we have a lineage space called safety. But, um, you know, before I talk about safety, I guess I want to know if anybody wants to talk about lineages that they keep in the broom. We also have an archive lineage space, which is basically for anyone who cared enough to look through um, channels which are no longer part of the living broom, um, which I, I know is useful for some people, but uh, um, yeah, I'm trying to see if there's anything for me to dig out to the archive. I know there's some fucking juicy shit in there. <laughs> Anna says, if you want to check out work, yes. So, you know. We're praying to the Discord gods, but I think one of the very cool things about the broom is that um, we don't necessarily have to speculate entirely when it comes to determining, like, okay, what really happened, what was written about it, 
what was you know burnt, you know which books were burnt, etc. When it comes to piecing together history, because the history of the broom is in the broom itself. No, no one wants to talk about any of the lineages that they cooperatively keep or steward or garden. I'd like to talk about it a little bit. Um, I don't think I'll be saying anything that you haven't already mentioned, but I guess, yeah, just to kind of highlight um, the ways that I feel invested in and have a stake in um, the Iyaga lineage space is a um is a way that is an offering from my lineages on um astral containment and astral hubbing and that sounds like really abstract but to put it i guess <laughs> simply <laughs> um yeah yaga feels like a way um that precipitates other ways um, in relation to how people and their ancestors relate to the earth and relate to the cosmos. Um, I'm like really, I don't know why I'm hearing it's, it's kind of like a, um, a place to go in my mind, the way that I see it in the astrals is like a place that people can come to renew their lineages and also like release whatever is like harming their lineages across time and across space um another way that i feel really invested in is the sharia way um and i've been facilitating containers such as book club and um remembering sharia which was like a pre-game to this way's genesis like before it became a thing um and that feels like yeah a direct kind of response to how um i was raised in a sunni muslim household um and then also had to watch my parents adjust some <laughs> of their practices <laughs> um and it, yeah adjust some of their um devotional practices to fit them and their lifestyles so i feel like there's a lot to share there um mm. and yeah i was i'll also highlight the born days way because i feel like it's really um i don't know it just helps me look at the lore from the walkers of blue stone or the wearers of lapis lazuli from um an entirely new perspective because i was also really taken by like the first time I ever saw that lore being dropped on social media. So to see us reforming it and like recapitulating its um, relevance to this time frame is, is really important to me. Oh shit. Recapitulating. Recapitulating. <laughs> I got the yeah, image of like a catapult and then like, Kensu being thrown into a catapult <laughs> and then shot, shot, into, shot into a pool on spring break and landing happily and safely. Ashe. In tropical waters. 
Um, hmm. I mean, I feel like there's so much to say about the Bondes way. Um, yeah, he probably does. Um, <laughs> yeah, shady in the room. <laughs> a lot of shady, I feel. <laughs> I said recently on Twitter, like tongue in cheek. Um, wise man say, man who embraces no shade as ethics soon ends up perishing in desert. I just think it's like I think this is like safety adjacent, right? It's like, yeah. If we can only say things in ways which everybody considers to be polite, particularly in ways that the overculture considers to be polite, then there are going to be a lot of things that aren't said. And I would say also that the things that the overculture tends to consider polite are not the things which either lovingly or unlovingly disagree with aspects of the overculture. And yeah, let's face it, like the overculture is desertifying our planet. You know, I think, I forget the exact stats, but I believe since the 1970s, we've lost 8% of the biodiversity in, uh, on Earth. And um, yeah, I know like there's some like breatharians out there, but you know, the air is also getting pretty shitty. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that like we will perish if we cannot speak on the over the overculture. <laughs> this says I also feel I feel like the cultures with the best manners also throw the best shade. That's fucking lit. <laughs> Tiff, can you say more that on that? Some, that is some of the best shade. <laughs> And I also agree. Yeah, do you want to Hello. Say more? Hello. Yes, I would like to say more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, I just noticed like throughout my life, like I started out when I was young doing Taekwondo and like that was Korean culture 101 real quick. And <laughs> it was like, okay, they're like super polite, super cool. But then like... <laughs> Like behind the scenes, very, very kind of, kind of abrasively mean, like a Loki. <laughs> but it was like, okay, interesting. And then like I was watching, um, what's that show? Uh, Downtown Abbey, right? So you know that's yeah. the bougie culture, and like, but the grandma, uh, Dowager, uh, you know, Professor McGonagall, old lady, she be like, she be dragging people to their face. But like so, so prim and proper, and like never a evil word, very kind words. But you just feel my feelings be hurt for them people watching her say, and like just throughout like various, various, you know, like very, very well manicured culture. It's always you know something beneath the surface, and it's a it's a good hard surface to store things beneath. So it's Ooh. like it's mm. like you know. If you're gonna be polite, you can still you can still be honest, and uh, you know that's the art of it all. You know, you, if you can if you can say what you feel without like being too abrasive, like you mastered the art of it. I think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's fucking law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, like I I like to come in from the blind side. Um, as anyone who's played soccer with me knows. And I'll say that, like, 
often I feel like the people who are like most offended by some of the best shade are like the ones with the poorest manners or the most poorest manners. Um, <laughs> what is this shade lineage space going to use? <laughs> I feel like every lineage space number to be like. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like some people, get, people get like ruffled sometimes by some shades. And um, yeah, I feel like it's because perhaps they lack that like hard, I don't know what you call it, to like boundary or I don't know, manners. Um, and I think, you know, like all of us sometimes get a little bit disrupted by shade, but um it's just a general tendency i've noticed um does anybody else want to say anything about shade and it says it's good for the immune system <laughs> yeah so this says it keeps me spry tbh yeah i appreciate that I feel like and i also feel like too like when i can trust somebody to throw shade in my direction and like I can receive it, I feel like it's like feedback in the moment at its most like basic premise, mm. you know. Because it's also I notice that a lot of shade is not about preserving the overculture; it's about how stupid you look mm. preserving the culture. <laughs> it's like it keeps love... the soil fresh. Yeah, like if you don't have shade, then the soil gets all dry, and then like the overculture yeah. ends up dry and decrepit. Exactly. Um, and there's like no cultures for the overculture to appropriate and steal from anymore. <laughs> Ooh, clock that tea. Clock that tea. I love what you said about giving feedback in the moment, though. Mm -hmm. Versus like, you know, having to submit um, like a form or like an official complaint to a governing body. Um, <clears throat> Which is which is safety? It isn't. I do. Yeah, I was like, how does this bridge to safety? But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I feel like it does. I mean, go on. Please go on. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just feel like we. It feels like we've been like leading up, or like we've been like kind of like clearing up. Uh, a little clearing to talk about safety that's how it feels to me yeah yeah i mean like having said that yeah i, I would agree that the cultures with the best manners often know how to like get shady in like the most refined ways but i think if we're looking at the overculture now and you know i think it would be honest for us all to say that we are somewhat beholden to the overculture because it gives us like spotify and shit um you know like we all kind of share and are sometimes and some people more often than not like possessed by the overculture such that it makes it very difficult for us to de deliver like good shade um and i would say also like aspects of the overculture make it very hard for us to deliver shade and distribute it widely um and also like you know i think like the best cultures are very specific and so is like the best shade right so it's like the best shade that i can deliver for a certain context 
isn't really going to read in a different context with people of different cultures. And so, you know, to make it like a little more concrete, I'll say that we live in a time of parasocial media. And I would say the dynamic of parasocial media, one, is people giving their work for free in order to become known and then have a hard time sustaining their work. Secondly, I'd say that like that dynamic is one of the dynamics that causes people to use parasocial media as a, I want to say like a channel for accumulating authority. Um, and I would say that yes, parasocial media existed before the internet, but the internet widely distributed influence so that people can amass more and more authority <clears throat> and i feel like what parasocial media doesn't do a good job of which i think social media does is making sure that let's say like you know if somebody's personal parasocial media empire is like a mountain you could say that it's very easy for communications to get from the top of the mountain down to the bottom of the mountain but it's very difficult for those at the bottom of the mountain to get communication back up to the top it's very difficult for those at the bottom of the mountain to talk amongst one another in order to facilitate getting information back to the top and so we end up with these entrenched communicational obstructions which you know Hopefully, based on what I'm transmitting in the material and in the immaterial, you could see how this ends up ruining or causing miscommunication and discommunication amongst social bodies. So, you know, to make it even more concrete, you know, people say that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think other people more accurately say that power reveals corruption. And absolute power absolutely reveals corruption. Um, <clears throat> but I think, yeah, we live in, we have lived in societies for a long time, but we live in a society now which is particularly oriented towards accumulating authority such that um, miscommunic miscommunication ensues within a social body. And then people end up being untouchable. It becomes very difficult for people to be corrected, even if they're, you know, highly valorized or very popular, um, it becomes easy for them to get away with a lot of shit without anybody else hearing about it. Um, and I feel like the safety way is about repairing those communicational links. Tiff says, maybe safety is the safe shady space for us to be more explicit because creating the shade ourselves in public is a task, Ashe, 100%. Mm. <laughs> Tiff says, you've got to carry it to the top in buckets and try not to drink it all. Oof. Love that metaphor, if it's a metaphor. Um, yeah, I would say, to make it even more concrete, the safety way is a place that um, people who opt into becoming what we've called safety inspectors for now, just because it's funny, um, people there have access to a category in the broom, 
And the first thing that we're going to be working on is producing a Google form so that people can talk about some of the experiences they have with other people in social media, whether they're explicitly spiritual or not. Um, and they can submit their articulations of their experience anonymously if they don't feel like it's safe. They could send whatever they want because often experiences are so specific. If we talk about them specifically, then even if we don't include our names, then people, if the information becomes public, then people will know that somebody said something about somebody and that might make them feel unsafe or actually be unsafe. Um, <clears throat> I believe it will also include. Uh, fields where people can talk about how we can get in contact with them so that um, if we want to facilitate repair within the being of the person who's making the report then that's more possible um, we've talked about holding space for people who feel they have copped abuse from the same practitioners or the same groups of practitioners or the same lineages to get together in order to share their experiences and debrief and perhaps do some healing together. And then, you know, I think like the outcomes from there are sensitive to context, right? So I feel like it's only fair to say that many of us unconsciously abuse other people i think that's just the nature of our realm <clears throat> um and sometimes we just need to know and sometimes it's difficult for people to give us that feedback because of perceived or actual or you know i think perceived and actual kind of blur but because of perceived or actual power discrepancies influence discrepancies because of karma that makes it difficult for us to speak our truth directly or indirectly um yeah i think some of us just need to know in graceful and compassionate ways and you know i'd say like for many earnest and highly integrated practitioners that's enough for those practitioners to go and do their work and then eventually i would say make repair in the same containers in which rupture occurred which is to say if they said something in public then they should atone publicly. If they said something in a less public container, then everybody who saw that should also know that repair or atonement is being made. Um, but that's an aspiration that may not happen in all cases. And I would say, like, in the most extreme cases, maybe the best we'll be able to do is to publish some of the firsthand and uh, materially and interpersonally verifiable experiences that people share with us so that other people can avoid getting into enmeshments and uh, avoid being harmed by some of these people slash practitioners. And yeah, I'd say it's a long way towards like some of these aspirations. Um, but I'm really happy to be doing this work with y'all. I feel like it's important work. I don't think we're going to be doing it perfectly ever or from the get-go, but uh, I'm really grateful to be working with such earnest practitioners that I can trust that we will all be doing our best to hold space for healing and refinement. Um, and if you'd like to join us, 
then please hop into the Broom Discord, jump into the safety way, or just say anywhere that you're interested in helping with the safety way. And then we'll use our discernment to figure out whether or not it's the right time for you to jump aboard. Um, Hoda says, I feel like the whole project is going to be eye-opening, to say the absolute least, in this moment. Tilda, I agree. Um, yeah, I'd say like the project has been eye-opening, I think, like one of the earliest things which came out of what is now a way or lineage space in the broom called safety was um, a collection of material relating to a practitioner named Hanjo Yutaku and his wife Amanda or Witchels one um, and I think that made like decent waves kind of like above and below the surface of parasocial media um, I want to say that it probably saved some people from getting enmeshed with those people and copying some abuse. Um, there's been a lot of discussion uh, about Kensu Nefahetep in the Safety Channel, which is now known as Safety Public in the Broomway. There's been a lot of discussion about uh, the Kohanet Institute. There's been a decent amount of discussion about New Earth Mystery School and Marion Lesna. There's been, well, there's discussion about each of us because many of us have created our own cases or files or threads in the safety public channel so that people have spaces where they might feel safe enough to tell us that um you know there has been something which has been received as abusive and um yeah i look forward to continuing this work with y'all does anybody have anything else to say about this? <laughs> and I recognize we're going over time here, but it feels appropriate to me. Coming up with the show notes for this episode is going to be a thing, but I volunteer as tribute. Koda <laughs> says, as do I, I think look forward to working on this with us. Um, I just want to say thank you all. Yeah, I'm deeply grateful um, for seeing what goes. And I hope there are many helping hands because, you know, I think a lot of people talk about like internet community, kind of a hot topic, um, you know, amongst like what people call teapot on Twitter. There's like a vibe camp and there are like offspring, offspring? They're like offshoot vibe camps in different locations. And then, you know, there's like a Jess camp and then there's like a Travis camp or whatever. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's great that we're using the internet to create communities. But I feel like um, a lot of the things which are arising, mostly like in the whisper net or, you know, in direct messages, private messages and such, speaks to. Uh, yeah, I'd say um, turbulent and fragmented understanding of what community means. And we've talked about community a bunch in previous episodes of Roundup, which we might post on the podcast at some point. But to me, it's very difficult to have community when relevant information is not being communicated amongst the bodies that make up a communal body. And yeah, I would say that any obstructions um, to the communication of first-hand experience of abuse within a so-called community ruptures 
the communal body and I would say eats away at um, the communal fabric or the characteristics of community amongst you know what I would basically call like an enmeshment of relationships or an egregore right so an egregore becomes less and less communal I would say like teapot is like 20% communal because people get abused and then no one hears about it and many many other reasons I would say like the distribution of influence and authority is not just um, it's mostly based on the algorithm which you know whether it was by design or by lack of design tends to optimize for um, conflict tends to optimize for um, narcissistic behavior tends to optimize for self-aggrandizement um, I mean tends to optimize for stupidity right I think if you say something stupid and you get like a bunch of people jumping in to correct you then you're going to show up in more people's timelines which seems like you know the opposite of what a good community platform might incentivize um so yeah safety is a way of the thing at room um hopefully soon we'll have a google form that we can start distributing perhaps soon we'll have a website where people can get at the google form and also um learn more about both the broom and safety as a way without having to remember some kind of like obscure URL. Um, and I think I'm complete on talking about safety as a way. Does anybody else want to say anything about safety as a way or anything in the broom before, you know, we sort of talk about upcoming containers? <laughs> All right, does anybody want to talk about upcoming containers? <laughs> mm, well, I can go through the events tab. How about that? So, you know, basically, Monday to Friday, there's a group channeling and exorcism session, which I hold space for, but many people contribute to. It's called T, as in like time. Um, today at 8 p.m. Sofia time, 12 p.m. No, 1 p.m. New York time. The first session of the Dojo December series, which comes out of the 000 lineage space, is taking place, and I'll be offering energy work to a practitioner named Maya Harvesto or Diamond D. Um, we have a read aloud session of Chapter Six of the Shari Away Book Club book which is the mysticism of music and sound or sound and music i never remember which by hazrat iniyad khan Oof. there will be a new container um held by a fairly new user named keeper of the all or oyugi which will be about um their culture which is i believe predominantly the luo culture of, which is mostly uh prevalent in kenya which I'm really looking forward to diving into. Um, every Friday, I hold a container called Why Am I Like This, where I answer questions that people have posed to me, which feel like they would benefit from, uh, you know, synchronous space-time treatment. And I channel 
a star named Sirius C, if you believe me. Um, on Saturdays, we are holding space for the book club itself, not just the reading of the book, but the exegesis of what we have been reading. Every Sunday, I'm going to probably have to stop doing this soon because my voice is tired, but every Sunday we have Archetypal Hour, which is 90 minutes with um, at Adam Archetype, where we talk about, you know, egregores. And, you know, I think that's kind of funny. And I'd say, like, as a Taoist practitioner predominantly, um, you know, it's very much the tendency of my lineages to um, eviscerate egregores without asking questions. But, you know, I think part of the remembering of Taoism or Taoishness in current time is to exercise discernment around um, sort of like least bad egregores. And I feel like, you know, without without denigrating that container too much with what I just said, I'd say it's a delicious space for um, discerning and renewing and uh, re-enlivening the egregores that we tend to use in typical Western society especially. And then, just to take us through the Monday, this is like all the stuff that's happening live in the room. Um, and, you know, I think hopefully soon we'll have much, much more content and we can, like, actually call ourselves, like, a 24-hour radio station one day. Um, but Mondays at 3 p.m. Sofia time or 7, gosh, it's early, 8 a.m. New York time, 7 a.m. Louisiana time, egregiously early Pacific time, I hold a container called Spa, which is where I channel a martial arts lineage, if you believe me. And then also on Mondays, we have uh, the field tuning container from Hodo, where it seems like right now, um, Hodo will be offering divination for the week. Um, and that's all I'll say on it, and I know it's uh, inaccurate. So does anybody want to talk about any of those containers coming up? Um, you know, I think the TLDR is like we have a shitload of juicy content coming through the room. And yes. If you want to <laughs> go on. No, I just was literally going to say yes to that. We have so much going on. It's popping. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, the easiest way is just to jump into the broom. We don't have a website yet because we're kind of scrappy. Um, but hopefully one day, you know, we have a Google Calendar, which you can add to your Google Calendar or, um, you know, whatever. So many different calendaring technologies. But, um, yeah, I think the easiest way to get acquainted with the offerings of the broom and the members of the broom is to join us. And then, um, yeah, I guess, like, the only other thing I would say with the broom is, like, you know, my sense has always been that even if you're not active in the broom or you're not attending live containers and um, the offerings of the broom are available in the scene, I know, what, I know a lot of people aren't really sensitive to picking up on offerings in the unseen. I know a lot of people unconsciously steal things from other people's at cash. That's okay. I would say, like, the broom is a pretty locked-down astral container, and I would say that anything that anybody can pick up on through the broom is offered with the knowing that on some timelines that we'll end up navigating 
as a collective or as a collective human consciousness, like these wisdom codes will proliferate out into the collective. And those are offered um, safely. And which is not to say that like shit doesn't go down the broom, but I would say that like it only goes down in ways which lead to refinement. This is great. Um, you know. What did Mariam Hasna say once? It's better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in a war. I don't know if she quoted someone on that, but I don't care. Um, it feels pretty apt to me. It's like, yeah, you know, come to the broom. You gotta learn a lot. You probably laugh a decent amount. Um, got some good tunes for sure. And then you might get into some uh, disagreements, but those disagreements will help you prepare for the necessary and yeah, somewhat. Yeah, I'll say necessary disagreement outside of the broom because I think there's lots that we kind of need to disagree with. And I don't think that most of us are prepared to disagree with these things um, straight out of the box. And I feel like it's very much a preparatory ground for that kind of disagreement. As well as many other places. Um. <laughs> Yugi says more disagreements. Ashe. You know, one of the things that I feel like I've become known for saying, which I don't know where it came from, I feel like I probably heard it somewhere, it's just like, please disagree. Um, you know, it's like very much opposed to, uh, yeah, like I want to say the default timbre of people's assertions, which is just like, please believe me, or, you know, yeah, this is the truth type of thing. And I think that it's very possible to disagree harmoniously. And I, going back to what we were saying before, I think it's like the water and the mineral content, um, which sometimes arises from lightning strikes, which keeps the soil juicy and fertile and nutritious for not only humans, but all the other forms that... Um, Tribute to the intelligence. Does anyone say anything before we invite Craig to take a nap? Um, um, I think I, I think I can I can say something. Um, yes, please. Tomorrow, as, um, tomorrow for for the container tomorrow 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 at eight thirty the the culture hour. Um. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be doing an an introduction into 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 my culture, uh, the local culture. Um, I think I think it is it's it's important for I think it's important for all of us to to do some some groundwork some groundwork before 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 the time. Um, you can you can you can do a little research um online, uh, so that uh, when 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 the time when when the time comes for for the container, um, uh-huh. I, I I I I like I, I like questions like um I like answering questions um you you, you <laughs> can shoot you can shoot your questions uh then I will, I will teach through 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 your questions uh, 
Perfect. Yeah, so if you have questions about the Culture Hour and what's going to be shared in um, the Culture Hour, then please shoot questions to Oyuki. Um, I think we'll try to make some space so it's more obvious where y'all can um, shoot through those questions. And yeah, anybody else want to round anything up before we close the container for now? Someone's typing. Nothing from me right now, says Hoda. We have um, a group exorcism session coming up in about 38 minutes. Um, so I'm going to stop the recording and I'll try to leave as much information in the show notes as I can. So some of the things we talked about are a little bit more legible. Um, especially for those who are listening while doing lots of different things, didn't have the chance to write things down, can't understand my Australian accent, and um, I have to, yeah, I will probably help take care of my cats now. But thank you all for joining Roundup on 13th of December 2023, and I'll see you all in the room. Peace.